I had intense fear and panic because we were obviously crashing. Out of my heart came the thought, oh God, help, I'm going to die. From the time that they pronounced me dead was uh, a good 45 minutes. It's determined that I was not breathing for 20 minutes. They cut my clothes and then they paddled my heart because my heart had stopped. And I could see people screaming and crying, but I didn't realize that was actually my physical body because I was somewhere else. About 20 past four in the afternoon, by half past seven, I was dead. Clinically dead, four minutes. And they were crying because I was dead. And I was trying to tell them, no, I'm, I'm not dead, I'm just fine, I'm okay. I was greeted by people I had known in the past. I started to feel like I was surrounded by all this warm, loving, beautiful, soothing, loving energy. I'm back with God again. I just felt this almighty release, like, wow. I'm back. I'm back home again. Incredibly safe and felt at home. I'd come back home. It was a very strong feeling that I've come back home. The only thing that I could feel, if you could imagine, absolute love and peace. There wasn't anything else to be felt. And light is literally emitting from him. And I could feel that that tremendous amount of love was coming through him as well. They were brighter than everybody else. And... I just knew who they were. We are so happy to have with us today, Alyssa Hope. Alyssa, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. You know, I feel like before we start, this just came to my mind. This is going to be such an unusual story today. I'm excited for people to hear it. And I think if I were one of those guys doing the, um, you know, the movie preview things, it would sound something like, a story from beyond both sides of the veil about love, about life, about, you know, and that kind of dramatic thing, because this is an unusual story that includes that and a whole bunch more. Yes, I know. It, it's like, it covers pretty much everything. You know, if I, I died, I came face to face with God. I was sent back as his messenger. And then I met my twin flame here on earth. All right, enough teaser for now. Okay. I don't want to give too much away right up front. Hey, t tell us a little bit about you. Where are you from? I grew up in Oceanside, New York, but I was actually born in Connecticut, in Stamford, Connecticut, and I lived there for two years and then moved to Oceanside, New York, which is the south shore of Long Island, and... That's where I had my near-death experience at 14 years old. And uh, now I actually live about 45 minutes away from where I grew up. I live on the Gold, Co on the Gold Coast of Long Island now in Huntington, New York. And it's absolutely beautiful because I live on the Long Island Sound, but I also live right near a nature preserve, and I'm the biggest animal lover. So, you know, I always have deers and foxes and, you know, all this wonderful wildlife roaming around. And a lot of times there'll be a deer just, you know, lounging around in my backyard. I really love where I live. You know, I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. So I'm very fortunate you know, it's a wonderful place to be. <laughs> we must be kindred spirits a little bit. I'm not in New York, but 
we have deer roaming our property every single day, you know, and, uh, of course some of the things that we raise too, like chickens and honeybees and things like that. Yes. I actually feed the wildlife. So I'm the biggest animal lover. I do a lot of animal rescue and I'll be donating, you know, a lot of the sales from my book. It goes towards my animal rescue work that I do. And my mission is to expand a good no-kill animal shelter, which takes, you know, millions of dollars to do. But that is that has been my mission since I'm a little girl. So that's great. Well, thank you for doing that. You may be interested in an episode we had on recently with Ann Bayford from London. Mm-hmm. It's episode number 312. And she she is someone that can actually communicate with animals. Wow. Telepathically back and forth. You'd probably be fascinated with her story. Wow. But I have to say, people refer to me as the animal whisperer because I have a very special connection with animals too. I don't know if it's to the extent that Anne does, but I definitely do have a very strong connection with animals, which is another podcast in itself. (laughs) Okay. We'll deal with that another day. For now, let's go back in time a few years to when you were 14 years old. Right. Tell me what led up to your near-death experience. My mother, she was going to be going through a divorce. So my dad wasn't giving her, you know, the money that he used to give her. So instead of my mom taking me to my regular dentist to have my cavity filled, she took me to a clinic that opened up a couple minutes away from my house. And unfortunately, this dentist at the dental clinic, he gave me too much nitrous oxide, too much gas, which cut off my oxygen supply. And I had no pulse. He confirmed that I was dead. And during the time that they were doing CPR, my soul left my body and traveled to heaven where I met my three guardian angels. And I actually came face to face with God not Jesus, it was God who gave me the choice of staying in heaven or or returning to my life with an important purpose. Obviously, I chose the purpose. (laughs) Yes, you did. I want to go, you're going fast. I want to hear a lot more detail about this. Mm -hmm. First of all, warning, don't go to a cheap dentist. There are people that use nitrous oxide just for fun as kind of a pleasure drug. There's another warning for that to be extremely careful if you're into that kind of thing. My neighbor, her dentist died that way. Just exactly what you said. He was found with the nitrous oxide mask over his face in the morning from just right. And he was dead. You know, he didn't get to come back as I did. So it is very, you know, a lot of people have died that way. All right. There's our public service announcement for the day. Thank you. By the way, you referenced a book, and I'm just going to throw it out there right now, and it'll be in the show notes too. Coming out later this summer, it's called Hope from Heaven. Yes. it's The publication date is August 1st, 2023, but it is available now for pre-order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and you can even pre-order it on my author website at www.alissahope, 
Com. Okay. All right. So you're 14. You're in the doctor's chair, the dentist chair, and you're gone. You are lights out. There's no pulse. You're gone. Tell me step by step, detail by detail. Where did you go? What did you see? Okay. My soul left my body and it traveled through a long, dark, speeding tunnel. And this long, dark, speeding tunnel, it seemed to go on for miles and miles. You know, it felt to me for a good minute or two. And I know that I was aware, I mean, I did not know exactly where this long, dark tunnel was leading me to, but I did feel aware that my soul was no longer in my body. You know, I my soul left my body behind and my soul was just traveling at great speed through this long, dark, speeding tunnel. And finally, at the end of this tunnel, it opened up into the brightest light that you could imagine. I mean, if you think about the sun, if you were right, right next to the sun and it was just illuminating, I mean, it's hard. It's really hard to put into words, but it, you know, it didn't hurt me. Like normally it would blind you, this huge light radiating, but it didn't. And my three guardian angels were waiting for me in the light. And they told me I was safe with them in heaven. And they did explain to me that I had an accident back at the dentist and that I died. And they were sent to wait for me in the light. They really wanted me to stay with them in heaven. But I kept saying, I have to go back. My mom really needs me. My mom really needs me. You know, I just felt like I couldn't leave her alone. You know, I really didn't feel like she would be able to handle her 14-year-old only daughter dying. Did you have any idea who these three guardian angels were? Were they relatives? Did they, any idea? No. Well, you know, I was only 14 years old, and I did not have, I didn't know any relatives or anyone that died at that time because I was only 14 years old. So, no, they were just three beautiful, they were my guardian angels, and they actually all looked alike. What did they look like? Well, they had long, wavy, long, beautiful, blonde, golden hair with big blue eyes and porcelain skin, and they had the most kindest, gentle, sweetest voices they were extremely beautiful. I remember thinking that they were triplets, you know. I said, maybe they're triplets because they looked so much alike. I just felt like this overwhelming sense of love just pouring out from the light into me, you know, almost like basking in this glory of pure just bliss. I really was very tempted to stay with them in heaven. But at the same time, I just, I was very close with my mother and I was her only daughter. You know, I had two older brothers, but my mother only wanted a daughter. So I just didn't feel like I could leave her behind like that. So I kept saying, I have to go back. My mom really needs me. And my guardian angel said, 
you know, they were saying your mother will be very hurt, but in time she'll, you know, she'll be okay. In time, they said, before you make your final decision, we want to show you one last thing. And they showed me, it was my funeral, what it would look like and be like had I chose not to go back and stay in heaven. And I saw my funeral and everybody was so upset, but the only person who was hysterical and inconsolable was my mother. And she was actually throwing herself on top of my casket. And she was screaming, Alyssa, Alyssa, come back to me. Don't leave me. Come back to me. I need you. I love you. Come back. She was calling me her baby. She was wow. saying, back to me, my baby. So again, I, I said to my guardian angels, I can't, I can't leave her. I have to go back. And then there was a big white door a big door, and my guardian angel said, if you pass through this door, there'll be no turning back. Then you will have to stay here. I, again, I was just so confused because they kept telling me, I'll only get this one chance to stay with them in heaven. They said, once you pass through this door, you will be so amazed at everyone who was here, you know, behind this door so much more of glorious heaven. And again, I was, I was crying. I did not know what to do. You know, part of me was inching towards that door. And then I would hear my mother and see her again, flinging herself on top of my casket, pleading with me, come back to me, Alyssa, don't leave me. And then all of a sudden I hear footsteps and God walks over right in front of me and I know it was not Jesus, it was God, because God said, what's the matter, my child? Why are you crying? Why are you so upset? And I said, I have to go back. My mom really needs me. God said, I understand. And he turned to my three guardian angels and he said, send her back immediately. And he said to me, but I'm sending you back with an important purpose. He said, it will not be revealed to you until the time is right, he said, you're much too young now to handle such a big responsibility. And I said, I understand. And I, I said, I hope you're not upset with me for not choosing to stay, you know, in heaven. And my guardian angels, they said, of course not. We'll be watching over you for the rest of your life. And they said, whenever you're feeling lonely, you're going to feel something stroking your hair. And they said, that's going to be us stroking your hair, comforting you. My soul went back through that long speeding tunnel and it went back. I still, just before my soul was completely back in my body, I heard the dentist with the hygienist, they were still doing CPR on me. And the hygienist said, there's still no pulse. And the dentist was hysterical. He was screaming, crying, don't give up, don't give up. We can't stop. We have to bring her back. He said, she's only 14 years old. Don't give up. So then maybe 10 seconds later, I heard the hygienist said, there's a pulse. We have her back now. And the dentist said, thank God. And I laughed to myself. I said, I already did. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Like if he only knew if I decided to stay in heaven, no, they never would have brought me back with the CPR. Yeah. No. Okay. 
please let me break this down a little bit more. I have lots of questions as we go. Uh, the three guardian angels, were they speaking out loud or telepathically? Do you know? I believe, I recall that it was all telepathically, that I didn't see any lips moving. You know, I didn't like, I didn't actually, I believe it was all telepathically. Okay. Because don't forget, you know, your soul is no longer in a physical body. So it's all telepathically. But at the same time, you hear it as if how we're speaking to each other. You know, it was that loud and clear. Yeah. And I understand if it's hard to remember some of this. But I do have a photographic memory. So, I mean, I really remember it all like yesterday. All right. Tell me more about this brief meeting with God. You said you heard footsteps. Yes. God was in human form. I have met God's spirit twice since I came back here. But when he came to me while I was in my physical body, he was in spirit form. But when I was in heaven, he was in human form. He looked a lot like the pictures you've seen of Jesus Christ, but only older. His face was, I would say, more mature, like 20, 25 years older than the pictures you have seen of Jesus, which makes complete sense because Jesus is the son of God. Okay. Explain what you mean by seeing spirit form versus human form. What do you see as the difference? Well, when my beloved twin flame, Todd Irvin, died, it was actually God who healed me two weeks after Todd died. And I don't want to go into too much detail because, you know, I don't want to give my whole book away. Well, and we'll get to that part in a minute. Let, let's stick with this 14-year-old NDE first and pick through that. Is there anything else about meeting him or impressions of him or anything else that you can tell us about? Well, I was completely in awe of him when I met him because, I mean, I remembered like thinking, you know, to myself, like I, this this sort of thing just doesn't happen you know how did I go from being in the dentist chair to standing face to face with God so he was just it's hard to put into the words the love that I felt from God and that I had for God and when he called me my child it's just something that I will never, ever, you know, you can't ever forget anything like that. And he was, he had a very, such a strong, powerful presence, but at the same, and a very strong, deep voice. But at the same time, he was really just such a gentle, loving God. I mean, when I said, I have to go back, my mom really needs me. Immediately, he said, I understand. And he turned to my angels and he said, send her back immediately. I can't really put into words what it would be like, you know, that I met God, our heavenly father, the creator of our universe. It completely, I was spiritual before my near-death experience, but it made me even more so spiritual where, of course, I'm not afraid of dying because 
I always say, been there, done that already. <laughs> and like, and if people say to me, you know, why do you think, why were you the chosen one? You know, I, I kid around and I say, God only knows, you know, but I do take my purpose that God chose me to come face to face with him in heaven and send me back as his messenger. I take it very seriously to be doing some of his spiritual work from heaven here on earth, you know, is an honor for me. I'm just so grateful that my whole purpose was revealed to me by my beloved twin flame, Todd, 42. Actually, Todd died three years ago, so it was revealed to me when I was... Well, actually, Todd died January 15th, 2020, and my purpose was revealed to me on the morning of Todd's funeral, so that I was, I was 52, just about to turn 53. My birthday is in March. I Now I'm dedicating the rest of my life towards doing what I've sent back here to do, which fulfills me greatly. You know, this is my passion and my purpose, and I hope that I am making God proud of me now because... You know, he did send me back as his messenger with such an important purpose. So if I, I always say to know that one life has breathed easier because of you, that is purpose. Yeah, that's beautiful. Before we move on from your 14-year-old experience, tell me what happened when you came back. You wake up in the dentist's office. Mm -hmm. Who is the first person that you tell about what happened to you and what was their reaction Right. You know, uh, people have asked me, did you tell your mother as soon as you left the dentist? And I, I said, no, I didn't. The only thing I said to her was, I said to her, you would not believe what just happened to me in there. I said, don't ever take me back there again. And she knew something happened because the dentist said to her, he said, I couldn't finish filling her cavity. He said, he just said to us, something happened from the nitrous oxide. He said, I couldn't finish doing her, filling her cavity. He said, take her home. He said, have her lay down. And he did say to her, you know, if I don't feel well, he did tell her then to take me, you know, to the doctor or even the emergency room. And because... A couple of years after this happened to me, I, my mother and I, we were watching the news together and a 17-year-old girl from the Bronx, it was on the news, she died the same way at the dentist having cavity filled and she died from too much nitrous oxide. And she didn't get to come back like I did. So, and I was nauseous for the rest of that day, but, you know, I just... I did not go to the hospital or the doctor, but I was extremely nauseous. But I told my best friend, Amy, about it. I went with her to get her hair cut. And while we were waiting for her, um, for the hair cutter to cut her hair, I told her all about it. And I said, don't ever be afraid to die. And I told her what happened to me just earlier that day. And she said, this is typical teenager talk. She said, wow, that's so cool. You met God. And she said, thanks for telling me because now I won't be afraid to die either. You know, but I really did not tell anybody else until I would say when I was 20 years old, 
I had my first real puppy love. His name was Steve. And I told him about it. And he just thought that was so amazing. And then I started to tell more people about it. So I would say from 20 years old on, I would I would want to talk about it then more, you know, and everybody would say who I told, you know, they'd say they're getting chills and you should write a book about it. And I said, I I will. But I kept saying when the time is right, when my full purpose is revealed to me, then I will write a book. All right, let's jump to that. So you were told during your near-death experience, you were sent back with a message and a purpose Mm-hmm. But you didn't know what it was at that time. They told you you would find out later? Well, it actually was told to me, but God said to me, once your soul's back in your body, you will not remember everything that you were told what it was. So it was told to me at the time, but once my soul went back in my body, I just didn't rem- I would remember it in bits and pieces. You know, I knew I was sent back to do spiritual healing, but I didn't know, like, exactly. You know, I didn't know how, like, I would be writing this book, you know, and I didn't know, like, there's interest from a Hollywood producer, director to turn it into a movie. You know, I I just didn't know what the full spectrum of it was, but I did know that I was sent back as God's messenger for a reason, but I just didn't know exactly, you know, the way it was revealed to me. I didn't even, I didn't remember that I was going to be meeting my beloved twin flame, Todd. And let's jump up to that because you've mentioned Todd a few times now. So I think people are wondering, whoa, whoa, what's the Todd story? Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and jump forward quite a few years now to Todd. Okay, so I actually saw a picture of Todd when I was a teenager because I was a teenage model, but I was not, you know, Todd was a supermodel. I was just a working petite model. Todd was a famous supermodel. And I saw a picture of Todd uh, when I was only a teenager. I was only 16 years old. And I said out loud, I said, that is my Prince Charming. I said, he's my Prince Charming. We're going to be together one day. I just, I just knew it. Like call it a spiritual awakening. You know, I just knew Todd and I were destined to be together when the time was right. We actually did meet 34 years later. But the thing is, I dreamt about Todd. I I kept having this reoccurring dream throughout the years until I met Todd, but I didn't know that it was Todd at the time because I had only seen that picture of Todd when he was like a 25-year-old model. But in my dream, he was the age that he was when I met him. So I met Todd when he was 62 years old, I was 50 and Todd was 62. And in my dream, that's the age that Todd was. So I didn't know when I kept having this recurring dream, I would wake up and say, who is this person? And he was in my dream, he was waiting for me at the altar to marry me. 
And my mother was walking me down the aisle to him. And as soon as we got to Todd and Todd put his hand out, I would wake up, wake up from my dream. And it makes perfect sense to me now because Todd died before we actually did get to get married, but we were planning on getting married. So that makes perfect sense. And they say that you meet your twin flame. They say very often you dream about your twin flame years before you ever meet. What does twin flame mean? Twin flames are one soul that was split into two bodies and shared the same consciousness. So that's why... Todd and I were able to connect with each other, with him in heaven and me still here on earth because, you know, we're one soul that was split into two bodies and share the same consciousness. I I had confirmation of it again on the morning of his funeral, but, you know, I don't want to give away everything in my book. So (laughs) that's okay. That's okay. That's not a problem. It is fascinating. It is. I mean, even me who has lived all of this, if I really sit there and think about everything that I've gone through and all of this, I mean, it still really blows my mind away. So it's pretty all fascinating. So I think people would ask, what does that have to do with your near-death experience? Can you sort of close that loop for us? Yes. Well, because Todd and I, being that we're twin flames, one soul that was split into two bodies and share the same consciousness, our lives paralleled each other's because, you know, twin flames, they're sent here in their last lifetime when their soul is very advanced and they're sent here by God as light workers to raise the vibration of love and energy throughout the world. So Todd and I, you know, we're, but we were both a light worker here. And even though, and so our purpose was very intertwined with each other's and our lives paralleled each other's in so many ways. And Todd was just as spiritual as me. And as I said, our lives intertwined each other's and paralleled and paralleled how he was a model, I was a model. And then he left modeling because for the same reason I did, you know, we both felt it was so superficial. Todd was also a psychologist and a family and marital therapist in Santa Monica, California. And he actually, he died when his last client left for the day, he was found deceased in his therapist chair and he died where he felt the most needed, helping others. And my last conversation with Todd that I had with him before he died, he said to me, he said, you know, I did, I fulfilled my purpose. I did what I was sent here to do. He said, helping others. He said, I was a darn good therapist. And It really gives me chills that that was our last conversation that we had before he died and was found deceased in his therapist chair. So his purpose, he's he's guiding me now from heaven to help me fulfill our twin flames purpose together. And I feel that my book did get published also because of Todd's platform being that, you know, he was a famous model 
I feel that it really did help me get a traditional publishing contract versus self-publishing. This way, when you're traditionally published, it's worldwide distribution so that I can really reach out with this book and educate people and inspire them and and enlighten them all about God, everything that I went through all about God's spirituality and purpose and light and love, not only in heaven, but here on earth too. Did Todd also immediately understand your twin flame relationship or did that take him a while? Well, that's a very good question. Todd and I, we did not know when he was alive and when we were together here, we did not know about twin flames. We just thought, we thought we were soulmates, but we knew from the second that we met, him and I both said, whoa, like this is so intense. Todd would say what we have goes beyond the physical. He said it goes to the very core of of our being because our relationship was so pure and beautiful and it was just so deep on a deeper level spiritually like nothing else that we both have ever experienced before and Todd would say and I would agree he would say there was always something missing in every other relationship that he was ever in before it was so breathtakingly beautiful and then it continued after he died I didn't even know that he died when he came to me in a visitation dream and he put his arms around me and he was holding me and he told me he loves me and will always be with me spiritually. And then as soon as I woke up, I found out he died. So that is the kind of afterlife communication that we have with each other. And it's been nonstop ever since. What do you mean by nonstop? How often do you communicate with him and how do you communicate? Pretty much every every single day. He comes to me all the time in visitation dreams. He comes to me, if you see my YouTube video, it's called A Visit a visit from my deceased twin flame. And it's also on my author website on the bottom of the homepage. It's of Todd coming to me from heaven. You'll see the angel and that's Todd, my angel. You see it in the video and there's a lot of birds. They are reacting to Todd's angel energy and they're flying and circling all around my angel Todd. It's so beautiful. And I actually have another video that I'm holding on to. I have not posted that yet. And it's of God's spirit making contact with me. Remember, I told you God's spirit came to me two times since I've been back here in my lifetime. So that video, I'm holding on to it. When I'm ready to, you know, reveal it to the world, I will. But It's just so sacred that I'm actually, I guess I'm waiting until God lets me know it's the right time to reveal it. Right. And I did go show it to a priest and a rabbi, and they both confirmed that it is the spirit of God. So it's it's quite extraordinary. It's this whole thing is extraordinary. How long were you two together before he passed away? 
Only three years, which, you know, I wish that it had been longer. But then I said to myself, I thank God. I thank God every day for even one day of what I had with Todd here on earth. And I actually feel like the way that Todd and I communicate with each other spiritually, we're actually closer than ever now spiritually. So a part of me feels like he, even though I know he did die physically, we're together stronger than ever spiritually. So it's very comforting. How does your family, other people that you are close to, how do they feel about this relationship that you have with someone that's now deceased? Does it make sense to them? Is it hard for them to understand? How do they deal with it? Yes, I'm glad that you asked me that because my mother, who was also my best friend, and I came back from heaven for my mother, I, I, it's, this is very emotional for me. She just passed away in February. So actually, she passed away exactly two months ago from today, February 5th. So when my Todd died, my mother, she was so wonderful. She really helped me get through it. You know, I would say to her, I miss him so much. And she would say to me, but you have his soul because she knew we were twin flames, you know? So it would really comfort me when she would remind me that, you know, that Todd and I are still together. And she would say, you will spend all of eternity together. And I would say, life is just a moment of eternity. So I'm keeping busy now doing my spiritual work here on earth. And I know that I look forward towards reuniting with not only Todd, but my mother too in heaven. And my mother comes to me just as much as Todd does. My mother comes to me in visitation dreams. I'll just tell you this one thing, how incredible my mother and my spiritual relationship is. Todd and my anniversary is Valentine's Day. So my mother passed away February 5th. And then when Valentine's Day was coming up the day before, I said, how am I going to get through this Valentine's Day missing not only Todd, but now I'm grieving my mother who just passed away a week and a half before. My mother came to me in a visitation dream on Valentine's Day because I went to sleep after midnight. So she came to me on Valentine's Day and she said to me, don't be so sad because I'm the happiest that I've ever been because I was crying every day since she passed away until my mother came to me on Valentine's Day. And I know that she chose Valentine's Day because she knew that it would be such a hard day, not only that she just passed away, but it was Todd and my anniversary too. So when she said, don't be so, don't be so sad because I'm the happiest that I've ever been, not only I saw her joy, I felt it. She was so elated. She was younger, you know, she was out of her old, tired, sick body. And she was just beaming from ear to ear. She was so happy that when I woke up, I actually had a beautiful Valentine's Day. And I have not shed a tear since she came to me like that. And then she also came to me on my birthday, which was March 5th. That's all so very comforting. That's great. 
Fast. There are people out there that don't have the kind of faith and understanding that you do. There are probably some people that are going to hear some of these stories and say, oh, that's crazy. I would like to hear what you have to say both to those people and to those people that uh, that need a little pump up into their faith today. How do they know this stuff is real? Because it's God's honest truth. I say to people, you can give me a polygraph, a lies detector test. I will be glad to take it on national television in front of the whole world. It is the God's honest truth. I do feel so blessed that God chose me to, to reveal, you know, the truth about him, about heaven, about our loved ones always being with us spiritually. True love never dies. It is endless. You know, my heart goes out to anyone who doesn't believe in this because they're just so far removed from the truth. And this is why I'm actually a very private person. I was never on social media because I'm so private. But I knew that when God revealed my full purpose to me, I said, I can no longer keep this to myself. I have to do what God sent me back here to do, which means I have to come out of my, you know, I can't be so private anymore. And I am dedicating the rest of my life towards educating people, inspiring them that God truly does exist having come face to face with him myself and being sent back as his messenger. The only way I can truly convince people is if, you know, I will gladly, if they want to pay for me to take a lies detector test, I will. (laughs) That won't be necessary. So is that what your full purpose is? Helping people understand God? Well, that's part of it. And my other purpose for having been sent back is also doing animal rescue. I'm so passionate about both my spiritual healing and helping animals, because if you spell dog backwards, you know what you get. It's God. I just want to help animals because they're really babies. They're in fur coats, you know, and they They need so much people to help them because I can't bear to hear of any cruelty, animal cruelty stories. I, nothing breaks my heart more than that. So as I said, any money that I make goes straight into my animal rescue work that I do. Okay. Last thing, you know, you've, you've mentioned, Hey, you, you promise everything is true and you would even take a lie detector test, which we certainly don't want to ask you to do. I think this kind of thing people have to find out for themselves. Do you have any advice on how somebody can find out for themselves that God is real and the afterlife is real without going through what you went through? You know, most people I speak to, they are very spiritual and they do believe all of this and they will tell me, A couple of people have said, you know, I have a relative that this happened to and some other people who may not be as spiritual. And I'll say to them, well, you'll know for sure you'll find out when you die and your soul goes to heaven. But then I do say in the meantime, 
pray to God to enlighten you more spiritually, you know, because you have to have a close relationship with God, which I did even before my near-death experience. Maybe that's why he chose me to be his messenger. I used to pray to God every morning when I was walking to school, you know, how many 12-year-olds do you know who would actually do that, right? I feel that if you pray and, and you are more open spiritually, you'll even be able to connect with God and your guardian angels and your loved ones that have passed away. You just have to, in order to have a higher consciousness to heaven, you really have to be open spiritually or you know, you're going to miss any signs that will come your way if you're not open to it spiritually. Sure. So how afraid of death should people be? Not at all. Oh, heaven is so beautiful and it's really, you know, nothing to be afraid of because dying is just another process of being born. Your soul, you're just going back to where you originally came from. Nothing to be afraid of. That heaven is the most beautiful place you can be in. And it's just another dimension of where we are now. And, you know, life is life is not easy, you know. It's, it's hard, but it's also a gift and it's a learning experience. And once you serve and complete your purpose... This is when people have asked me, you know, when do you die? And it's actually your time is up here on earth once you have served and completed your purpose. That's when God calls you back home to heaven to him. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's been fun, Alyssa. Yes. Thank you so much. I had a wonderful time and I do hope that I've enlightened you and your viewers. Okay. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Eric. It was a pleasure. If you have had a round-trip death experience, we would love to hear about it. Send an email to eric at roundtripdeath.com. And lastly, if you have found this program uplifting, if it's given you just a little more hope in the future, share it with a friend, hit that follow button, and take a few seconds to write us a review. Until next time, I wish you everything good that you're looking for in this life and the next. Music